0: Hey, I'm Ravi Tegak, and welcome to Gusto Sessions with Jeff Myers. The idea behind this podcast is simple, to discuss, promote, and celebrate the music, arts, and culture of Western New York. The following episode features Vin DeRosa, a musical artist who mixes elements of funk, soul, pop, and hip-hop to bring a positive message of love to our community and beyond. Vin recently stopped by GCR Audio to record three songs live and to have a chat with Buffalo News music critic Jeff Myers. Topics include Vin's musical philosophies, the origin of his band, Vitamin D, and his deep connection to Buffalo music legends like Emil Latimer, Michael DeSanto, and Bruce Mosier. So, sit back and enjoy Gusto Sessions with Jeff Myers as we get to know Vin DeRosa.
1: Hey everybody, it's Jeff Myers. Welcome to the Gusto Sessions podcast. I'm here with my dear friend, Vin DeRosa. Uh, Vin, you and I have known each other a long time but uh tell tell our fine listenership a little bit about yourself and uh and your music and your journey
2: thanks jeff happy to be here at gcr audio uh, talking music shop with you our favorite thing to talk about always has been yeah i'm a artist from from buffalo new york who uh It's just, uh, inspired by the many sights and sounds and musical love that I, I was around growing up here in this city and always wanted to find my place to, to sing and play and whatever the, uh, the venue was, wherever people were making music, I always wanted to be a part of it. So I found my way.
1: Let's talk about your band, Vitamin D. Uh, anyone out there is listening and you've never seen Vitamin D, you owe it to yourself to, uh, Put a little love in your life and go check them out. Um, well, over time, this band has really evolved into where now it, it seems to be like a meeting ground for some of the most virtuosic, but on top of that, soulful players, musicians in in Buffalo. Um, talk talk about some of the, some of these musicians and and what the Vitamin D mission is and how it's evolved.
2: Yeah, Vitamin D really came out of in about 2007. I, I created my first workable EP with uh, the great Fen Eichner, who was uh, a producer in Western New York at the time, uh, but an incredible artist, um, uh, band, drummer and vocalist in the Mexican session, um, and uh, who was an incredible band from Buffalo, big influence band. on me in the ska punk and pop so awesome. scene. Um, yeah, but Fen Fen and I produced a record which was a cool combination of my influences at the time, some hip hop and reggae and our, you know, a singer-songwriter um, acoustic soul and that sort of allowed me to have a little calling card, a little CD where I started to just kind of approach all the cats that I was a fan of. <laughs> um and, and try to get them to play, you know, play a gig with me. I didn't even have gigs at the time, I think. It was just a matter of, like, I knew I wanted them. So I was trying to put together a, a, a band, and it led, one thing led to another, and there was, um, you know, an incarnation of, of the band uh, that went from quartet, and then uh, we were playing some shows pretty steadily, and eventually um, Geraldo Castillo, a great percussionist um, of, of Ransom and... Uh, he came to me at one of our gigs and asked if he could just sit in and play. Um, didn't want any money, he said. And then after he was done with the gig, I'm like, I got to find a way to pay this guy, because what he's bringing to the Can't table get is away. sauce, he, uh, yeah. sauce, money. And he and I started doing a lot of duo work, um, which led to some studio collaborations. And that's my brother to this day, is one of the most incredible talents that, that we have in the city. Um And then. You know there was an evolution of. I mean, I, I could go through each of these cats. I guess Matthew Castronova was a was a, a bass player, touring be, uh, bass player in the band Benson. So I had tapped him to play some some bass, and there were other incarnations of the 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 incredible bass players that we've we've had through through the years. But Matt's been pretty steady, my, my ace of bass lately. And uh, and then another prominent player in the in the scene was Carl Johnson, flute as he's known and I was seeing him at Neo Soul Tuesdays on a regular basis and I was just taking notice of the meter that this man brought to every time that he played and it was something as a vocalist and as a a band leader was very movement oriented and very much on the precipice of like what could be happening next it's improvisational to have a lock yeah the pocket meter the pocket lock was the something boss. I quickly is is the I quickly like got thing. addicted to. And I was such a fan of all these guys. I just tried to be their friend first. You know, so it was like kind of like that. Like I just kind of sidled up to these guys at their gigs, would talk, you know, compliment them, <laughs> try and get them to feel good, and you know, maybe come out and, and do a hit. Um and then, you know, one of the other key elements of vitamin D is our incredible saxophone player, Ken Whitman. Uh, And Kenny and I go back even uh, actually farther than everybody because he was uh, a senior at Maryville High School when I was a freshman. And the jazz band, the jazz combo band, when I was a freshman was ridiculous. Sweet. Yeah. And Kenny was a big reason for that. And, uh, you know, we just had a good rapport. So when it came to, um, you know, adding that element, and, you know, Kenny's been that dude, and he's a phenomenal, dedicated. You know saxophonist it's just he, he, he lives and breathes it and you know so so then you know the young cat the young man Rod Bonner uh, kind of uh, rounds out the edges um, and fills out all those keynotes that I need as a singer um, on the keyboard uh, phenomenal probably one of the brightest shining stars that, that we have in this city musically for any generation this generation generational talent uh, so i um, blessed to have these guys, thankful for the time we've had, and just uh, really hopeful for uh, the future of continuing to be able to just make music with these guys on any level.
1: So speaking of Vitamin D, uh, one of the songs you're going to play for us today uh, was recorded right in this room with a lot of the players you just mentioned. Yes, sir, all those guys. Um, Can you talk a little bit about that tune and and the kind of special version of it that you're going to do for us today?
2: Yeah, I'm going to do a stripped down version of a song called So High Up, um, which which I ended up putting together a music video for it, which uh, uh, was my first shooting and editorial debut. Uh, The song, uh, if you check it out on YouTube, So High Up. Uh, vitamin D and Vendorosa, uh, you'll see the video it features a lot of prominent Buffalo imagery. Um, we shot it from the highest building in Buffalo at the top of uh, Seneca One Tower and featured the, uh, the late but incredible uh, dancer, Jimmy Rook Hawkins. Um, so please check out the video uh, to see some some real light and love poured in uh through your screen, um, but this version of the song will be a stripped-down version that highlights uh, the lyrical content, which was written really after the the musical elements were all in place, um, which isn't always the case for me. A lot of times, those things come together um, simultaneously, but this was a there was a gap in time with it. so the lyrics were really. Uh, I feel
0: I feel strong in, in the lyrics, you know. Performing live from Studio A at GCR Audio, here's Vin De Rosa with his song, So High Up.
3: High, yeah, we get way up, we get way up, we get so high up. So, why don't we live together? And why don't we help the world to see? We could do so much better. And we could bring love to everything. It's so hate is too great, our burden, yeah. Only in love can drive out fear When we get through with the hurting Then we can see it all so clear Get way up, we get way, we get so high up We get way up, we get way, we get so high Yeah, We get way up, we get way, we get so high up Why don't we share our good times, good times That'll for all make the world sing No matter what you might look like Rhythm inside you that's everything Why don't we get together, come together Red and the blue make a purple sky Through all the stormy weather Give us some shout up before we die. Get way up, we get way, we get so high up, we get way, we get way up, we get so high, we get way up, we get way, we get so high up. Break it down like ba-da-bum, 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 ba-da-bum. body but your body bright your body you' only gonna get on body your body your body you're only gonna get on body like your, right your, your body work your
1: So our Buffalo music community is one that's built on mentorship. Um, you know, there's infighting, there's bickering sometimes, but mostly we stay on a positive tip that's bu- built on mentorship. Um, I'd like to hear who was a mentor to you and who, how maybe you've paid it forward as your career has, has built to maybe be a mentor for someone else.
2: That's, that's a question that spans twenty years easily, right there. Um, first, first off, comes to mind is is uh, Emil Latimer, Papa Emil. Um, I met Emil at uh, Mike Meldrum's open mic on a Monday night at Nietzsche's. Um, For was, people who don't know, Emil is it was uh, one of the fathers
1: of, of our I love the music yeah, a percussionist,
2: say, but also just like a life force, right? A life force. Um, and, his, and his children and their children are still a life force in this artistic community. And, uh, but Emil toured for years with uh, Nina Simone, um, was a friend and confidant to her. And um, I've, heard, I've heard it said that uh, God doesn't call the qualified, but he qualifies the called. Right and on. I remember Emil telling me the story about how Nina asked him to be in the band and to come on tour. But she didn't have an official position for him in the riders, um so she had him play guitar, even though he didn't know how to play guitar at the time. <laughs> um, but his presence and you know as as almost like a co-muse to her was was profound and uh, um, and he learned to play guitar <laughs> and um, and we connected over very rudimentary acoustic guitar and djembe work um, and he helped me to. Not be timid or afraid about the cultural differences in my musical pursuits, but just to embrace it all and to to just go at it, you know fearlessly and just and and bring it all into this you know gumbo. Uh, you know, he was so so cool about about encouraging me in and hindsight, I, th- I feel like i was just so inexperienced, but he saw something that was worth shining up, so um. Papa Emil, rest his soul. A couple other prominent influences in that walk around the same time. Again, I was an open mic addict as a young kid. Um, coming up. Went to every open mic I could, oftentimes multiple times a week. And they were, you know, listed in the in the, you know, in the gusto and in the art voice. And, you know, you could you could find them. If you were hungry to play, you could find a place to play and uh so there was uh, the guy who ran the best open mics was Michael DeSanto, and uh, he just had an incredible, cool way about him with his acoustic guitar and his R&B soul. Um, the first guy I ever saw play. Strip down Stevie Wonder song just on acoustic and absolutely murder it and sell it um, so and sell so it well. and bring you the whole intentionality of what Stevie's doing, but just with the acoustic guitar and the vocal. And to this day, I feel like that's one of the highest orders of of interpretation that I am, am able to do as a musician. And some of the arrangements that I've developed from Stevie Wonder keyboard songs into acoustic guitar as are, a solo are, artist, are, yeah, as solo yeah. artist. Are I think some of the strongest work that I'm um, that I've presented. So, um, and Michael Desanto again was the guy who, you know, transmitted again that 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 local stage energy and connected it with this these higher forms um, that I was hearing on recordings and you know and seeing on MTV and videos and things that seemed so far away. And it was guys like Michael who helped me to like really grasp that it was within my hands to make music. Love that man to this day. And, uh, and uh, then another prominent figure in my influence, uh, Bruce Moser. Bruce Moser was a an incredible music lover, music promoter, mm. who brought a lot of legitimacy to this region when it came to top artists, world-class inter- uh, international touring artists right. uh, to come to Buffalo and to be here. And to be uh, a bridge, both in you know, in radio and um, concert promotions and uh, events, to enrich the lives of people like Bono and you two in their early careers, Johnny and Robbie. He really their, helped
1: break in their, in their early in careers. Uh,
2: you know, the Goo Goo Dolls and uh, uh, Bruce Springsteen was a personal friend of Bruce's. Uh, the list goes on and on. Um, Joni Mitchell. Joni Mitchell. Um, yeah. And, and so Bruce knowing all of these people, right. And, and being proximal to me and having, uh, as family, he was married to my, my father-in-law's cousin, Mary. So I would see them at, you know, actually my first Christmas with the family was, you know, was my introduction to Bruce and Mary and it was full throttle. And Bruce was quick to tell me how, uh, my My idol Dave Matthews was nothing more than a glorified bar band and oh he yeah, loved, I, that. that yes. was he, loved <laughs> yes. he, he always cut through whatever wherever my my eyes were like you know in like worship land with music, he was quick to cut it down and to keep it on the ground and and he had a, a brilliant way of just uh, or a very short way, i guess but uh, in hindsight it was brilliant the way he cut the fat and like what was quality music versus trash and um
1: His criteria had a lot to do with his own interpretation of what
2: integrity meant. And that's it. And that's, you know, to that point, you know, in hindsight, I look back on what the music that he loved versus the music that he, um, you know... Violently disliked. Disdained, (laughs) yeah, and openly. And and it really was oftentimes based on first-person experiences with these artists. So his judgment was more on the, again, the integrity or the, the... the character of the the person and their intentions, in their creative process, versus uh, an industry prop or somebody who's there because uh, self glorification or whatever it is that, that their musical mission might be. Bruce had zero tolerance for that stuff. It was always about wordlessly, I think, the the, the higher order and the character and the integrity of the uh, the artist and their music, you know. Very well said.
1: We miss you, Bruce. Much love. Uh, Another song you're going to play today, you're going to be playing on our mutual friend and someone you just highlighted as a mentor in your own life, Mm -hmm. uh, Michael DeSanto, um, who who is uh, recovering and rehabbing uh, from a, a medical issue right now, but you have his acoustic guitar, which he entrusted to you that guitar if, <laughs> we've all seen it you know yeah that guitar has has traveled everywhere with michael yeah that um, Prince talk about the tune you're gonna play and and what it means to you to play well, michael's it, it's guitar. neat
2: because that guitar probably shouldn't even be a guitar anymore it was resurrected by the great pete schmidt and it was loved on so intensely that it had worn itself out many times over and the way that uh Pete brought that from Suburban Guitars. Brought that guitar back to life, and the fact that Michael entrusted it to me was a uh, an incredible honor that led me to bringing the guitar home and just wanting to spend some intimate time with it. Um, so, first thing I did was I went into the, I believe it was my basement, and i just I just wanted to hear what that guitar had to say to me. So I was playing. Uh, I think the first chord I played was this, uh, the first chord of a. Uh, Angel by Jimi Hendrix. This is a big. It's like at the E major seven add nine. Yep. It's like a really big chord, and uh, and immediately I just I don't know I was I, I was then I was feeling these Jimmy Page vibes and stuff. So like I didn't pen this song, but it just kind of came together and uh, started an arpeggio that built into a vibe. So yeah. it's, I call it Michael's song,
0: and uh, and I'll play it for you guys. Once again, here's Vin DeRosa performing Michael's song.
1: So one thing about your career, starting from busking at Starbucks in Williamsville yep. to being on stage with the BPO, at canal side singing Stevie Wonder to ten thousand or more people. Yeah. Uh, one that's thing true. that's been consistent through all that that I've noted is the kind of uh, the way that you translate your musicianship through the lens of love and light, uh, positivity. We can't take that for granted. Not everyone does that could you talk about the genesis of that in your own life was it something you came up with was it a family thing was it a decision you made to be that way Mm -hmm. or was it all those things
2: yeah it's um that's well put i think it's certainly a combination of my fam my family's influence and um musical influences that were that were around i i grew up also you know Kid of the '90s, and a lot of aggressive music was around us. Like uh, my brother was listening to a lot of Metallica when we were kids. You know, I grew up with a lot of Tupac and Biggie subliminally, you know, in our ears and um, Tool, Tool, heavy Rage Against the Machine. So, like the, the 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 counterculture, you know, in those days was kind of the mainstream. You know, this angst against. Uh, the man <laughs> situations and yeah, your parents or whatever the rebellion you know was and but uh, I I love to be healed by all sounds all types of music all different uh, vibes and feels and intentions of music inform me as a person as an individual but when it comes to the music I tend to enjoy expressing I I always liked more clear tones. Um, not just in vocals, you know. Whether it's I don't prefer screamo as much as I might prefer a, you know, a smooth R and B vocal or a, you know, something where you can hear the notes in the chords. Yeah, yeah, and and it's it's similar, I guess, to uh, to you know guitar tones. You know where you know I enjoy some some heavy riffing on you know and some drop D with some with some uh, heavy distortion. But for me, when it comes to playing. I've always been more gravitated towards the George Benson sounds and uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan clarity of tone, which still attacks and still has aggression and still has this, but it's just, it's encased in a a different, you know, a more light, I guess, uh, as opposed to dark energy. And it's the the beauty of seeing some tremendous artists, like uh, I remember my mother taking me to see Nancy Wilson with the BPO. Um, I remember seeing Jose Feliciano with the BPO uh, as a young person and seeing commanding performances like that in Klein hands with the orchestra. And yet, you know, these, these individuals who were very commanding of their own persona and their own presence as vocalists. it just lit me up, and, and I remember the one night my mom took me to see, Nancy Wilson, she took me afterwards to the Dakota Grill, and I tried my first filet mignon, which was a pretty amazing memory, um, but uh, Michael Zaviska was singing with his, his uh, trio there, and so to see from the big stage to just, you know, uh, the local stage, and to, to observe, you know, performance energy like that um, was very
1: influential that's a beautiful buffalo story because everything yeah. you you mentioned had to happen here the vpo yeah. yeah. you know our local crooners you know the serious musicians backing them up that's a beautiful thing so tell us about the third song you're going to play today in this by the way looking around what a beautiful room
2: <laughs> yeah this studio it just it, it brings out it brings out the child uh the childhood dream in you you know yeah, so the the third song that I that I performed is actually a workable um uh, track that should be on on my new album um when, for, when forthcoming can we expect that, forthcoming yeah. album. I I'm giving myself about 1 year from right now, so October, but I I'm I'm hoping there should be some some breadcrumbs throughout the summer. I'll drop a couple singles leading up to the album. Um and this could be very well be one of them because it's kind of a more of a summer banger, but yeah. uh a little, you know sort of that hip hop jazz influence, pop vibe um it's called got that love so you know just a little ode to the honey you know that's all
1: beautiful we're looking forward to the album and vin thanks so much for spending time with us today
0: man my honor and pleasure jeff myers much love using a looper here's vin de rosa performing and creating his song got that love
3: You got that love, sin. Oh, baby, me feel so fun. Oh, my God, baby, you got that love, yeah. That love, yeah. You got that, that love, sin. Oh, baby, it so fun. Oh, my God, baby, got that love. She's been working overtime, and. So Got that love Oh, it made me feel so part of him. Oh my God, you Got that love Got that love Yeah
0: You've been listening to Gusto Sessions with Jeff Myers Recorded and mixed at GCR Audio by Jenna Rotowski Mike Bridges Rich Ells and Mark Hunt Produced by Brian Federick mastered by brad laugert gusto sessions theme song by jeff myers gusto sessions with jeff myers is brought to you by the buffalo news music is art and gcr audio recording studios please click subscribe for future episodes i'm robbie thanks for listening